I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Someone recently asked me about that open and said, why'd you use Jimmy Swagger in the open? And I'm like, Jimmy Swagger's not in the open. And that's uh, Martin King Jr., Oral Roberts, Billy Graham, and then my dad, James Robison. Uh, and those are all men that I've found influential in my life, which is why I use that. That's not what we're talking about today. I have a question for you. What do you do with a rebellious young teenager uh, who uh, might deserve a little jail time? What do, you, what do you do with a kid like that? Maybe you should make him your worship leader. Not immediately. There's a process. <laughs> but that's, in a nutshell, sort of a look, you know, the overview of today's guest. His name is... Justin Gambino, and uh, he did make that trip from near jail time to <laughs> on the stage in churches. And we're going to hear about that. He's got a new album called Made New, and that's Justin. There's his album. Uh, it's Monday, people. I'm punching the buttons live here. This is the album Made New, and when we get done talking, you have to go uh, check that out on, uh, on his website or wherever you listen to your music uh, and see what that's all about. But, you know, it's you, you, you do sometimes see these guys on stage and you go, I wonder what their story is. Well, Justin's got to go. So appreciate you guys being here. Chat is open if you're watching live. If you're watching in the replay, we always appreciate your kind comments and shares. Hit the share button. Justin, welcome to Live Today Live. Good to have you today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think I tip my hand too much, but... Give us a little bit of background, man. Where did you, you come from? How did you get to that moment? And, uh, and then we'll talk about how you got to the moment you're at now. But how did you get to that point where you were facing uh, possible jail time? Yeah, man, that's a, um, <laughs> that, is, that is a very short question that, that's in need of a, a long-winded answer. <laughs> but I'll try, to, I'll try to sum it up. Uh, you know, I, I, I was born and raised like my entire life. I mean, we were always in church. Grew up going to church every Sunday morning, even Sunday evenings and Wednesday nights. I mean, if there was something going on with the church, you know, the the, the the Gambino kiddos were always part of the activities. And so, but it wasn't until, and I'll say this, like my mom, I don't remember this, but my mom would say that I would even show up at church with my Bible and strum on it like a guitar. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't remember that one bit, but at the age of nine, they, they thought they would try to like put me in some kind of music lesson. So they, they tried me out at piano lessons. I absolutely hated it. <laughs> and, then, and then, uh, I just didn't like it. But the piano teacher, he told my parents, he said, um, you may not know it and he definitely doesn't know it, but the kid's going to be a musician. <laughs> so whenever he decides what instrument he wants to do, just nurture that. And it wasn't until six years later, I was 15 years old and I got my first guitar and started, you know, helping out at the worship, the worship team at church. And, um, but that was also the time that I wanted to get my driver's permit. And in order for me to get my driver's permit, my mom said, well, you need a job. If you're going to drive the car around and use the gas and, and be on our insurance, then you're going to have to get a job to pay for that kind of stuff to help us out. And so I got my first job. And so at the age of 15, that's whenever I started getting mixed up with a different crowd than what I was raised around. Mm which was, you know, I was, I was homeschooled my whole life and, uh, you know, going to church all the time. So 
the, the group of kids that I was I was used to were just you know they we kept our noses clean mm-hmm. and now I'm hanging out with a crowd that that you know may not be uh, homeschooled may not go to church talk differently act differently and start influencing me in a negative way and it it only took a couple of years of that before I was I thought I could just move out of the house on my own and and party every weekend and still show up for church on Sundays <laughs> and by the time I was it was only two months after I graduated high school that I found myself in a courtroom because me and my friends, we decided to <clears throat> start, start, um, breaking into like, you know, breaking into places and we got arrested for theft and, and, and it was a, just a really quick wake up call where I was before judge and getting judged for what I did wrong. And, um, let me, I'm curious about that, but with, with the kids, cause you know, I mean, as a parent, uh, you know, you want to raise your kids, right? You want to, you want to take them to church. Um, why do you think that once you got sort of just anywhere outside of that, instead of you influencing the other kids, they were the ones influencing you? Um, that's a great question. And that's the first time that question was asked. I think for me, um, it was me just wanting to fit in. Hmm. And, um, I, I remember several times, I mean, I don't, I don't remember it very well, but I remember several times where, you know, there was a thought that hit my mind, like I shouldn't do this and I should say <laughs> no. And I should probably be the, the bigger person here. Cause I remember always my mom saying, well, if you're, if your friends are going to jump off a bridge, you're going to jump off a bridge too. <laughs> right, right. You know, that one. And you did. And, what's that? You did. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you jumped. Much, I pretty much did. And uh, and so, but I just remember, you know, just feeling that peer pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember feeling that peer pressure and just wanting to fit in with what I thought. I, I think for me, it was a taste of something different. And I was like, ooh. Cause it wasn't only, it wasn't only breaking into places and, and stealing stuff. I mean, it was, it was the, the, uh, uh, you know, starting to drink at an early age. I started, you know, I mean, every weekend we were getting drunk. There was a bunch of girls at these parties. So you can just put two and two together of like what everything was going on. Mm. These parties, not only alcohol, but there were drugs. I, I didn't have, I never touched the drugs, but it was there and it was, you know, and, um, you know, so that was just like a lifestyle that, like I didn't want to be called the nerdy homeschool kid mm. that was like, it was like, Oh, well, Justin doesn't want to be around this stuff. And like, I just wanted to fit in. Yeah. And, well, um, you, you, so. you, you take general male teen stupidity, uh, which we all, we all experience, uh, with alcohol and it can, it can turn bad quickly. Um, very, very quickly. <laughs> so you're standing in front of a judge, uh, and yeah. what are you looking at juvie or something? No, I had just turned 18, so I'm an adult. Um, the other two guys, they they were just below um, 18, and so they did juvie time. The uh, they, they did juvie. I remember they went straight to juvie, and so and I'm sitting here, and my process is a little bit longer now because now they're like, okay, what are we gonna do? And and so I can't remember who, which family friend uh, recommended that I hired a lawyer. It was a lawyer, you know, so connection of a connection. Um, so I hired this lawyer and, um, and the crazy thing was, was 
I was actually going, uh, a friend that was a better influence on me, we were going to join the Navy together. Hmm. And then whenever he got um, uh, told by the Navy that he couldn't be in due to a medical issue, then I was like, I'm not going to go in if you're not going to go in. And so uh, whenever I was standing before the judge, what the judge didn't know, what he learned that day was I had already done everything on my end except sign the dotted line to be in the Navy. I just decided that I wasn't going to do it. And when I told my lawyer that, he brought that to the judge. And the judge, you know, you could just kind of see, you could almost hear the wheels turning in his head. <laughs> and he started asking questions like, you know, uh, you know, he, he said, obviously, I've never seen you before. Like, this is either your first offense or, or it's, first time, it's definitely your first time getting caught. So tell me about yourself. And that's whenever he started asking how many siblings I had, if my parents were in the picture. Um, started just asking those questions that, you know, what, what is a what kind of judge does that, you know? A good one. Uh, huh? What's that? A, a good one, I would say. I mean, that's what judges are supposed to do. a good yeah, right? and just judge would ask questions like that. And he said, listen, you know, you have two options here today. You know, you can you can take this felony and have it on your record because you stole enough money for it to be a felony. Mm. And, uh, and he said, and you'll go to jail today. Um, or if you decide to go back to the recruiter's office and sign the paperwork and straighten out your life a little bit, then what we can do here today is we'll sign you up for a lot of community service and you're still going to have to go down to the jail. You're, they're still going to take your mugshot. They're still going to, you know, take your fingerprints. It's going to be really uncomfortable, but you'll go get booked today and then you'll leave today. And, and then you'll just have to show up for community service for the next 18 weeks or until you leave for boot camp. <laughs> and so I, I was like, I looked over at my lawyer. He's like, you better take this. <laughs> and so I, I, I did, I, I agreed to it. And I remember the last question the judge asked me, he said, Justin, did you learn your lesson here today? <laughs> and I said, yes, judge. And that's when I re slammed that hammer down. <laughs> and that's where it all just, I, I really thought that like, so here I am 18 years old and I was 15 when I got my first guitar and was leading worship in church. And I wasn't writing songs for the Lord at that time. I was <laughs> writing songs for girls, <laughs> you know, between the age of 15 and 18. And, uh, and so, but that's whenever I thought that my hopes and dreams of doing music was just out the window. So you're off to the Navy. Mm -hmm. How long was that? And what did that look like? So I left, there was, there was a window. It was like, kind of like a, I guess they were only, I signed up as a CB. If you ever heard of the CBs. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. CB is, uh, for those that don't know watching, it's the, the construction battalions of the Navy. So wherever, wherever the heavy lifters were like the Marines and the seals, we would be wherever they were just to support them with construction, whether it's, you know, um, uh, I was a mechanic. So if anything broke down on them or anything like, you know, you'd be in the field with them and you would, you would go out and replace an alternator or whatever the case is, you know, I mean, we would have really good security wherever we were, but, um, you know, so we just learned how to, um, work on stuff, fix stuff in the heat of the moment, literally. And, um, and you know, sometimes thankfully I never, I never had to, but, 
um, you know, put, put down a screwdriver or a, or a tool to pick up the M16. So mm. we, we were very well, uh, secured and, uh, protected, but, um, yeah, that's what I did for the eight years that I signed up for. I signed up for eight years, eight years. So 2005 is whenever I, uh, left for boot camp. I did my boot camp up in, uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, and, did my a school in Port Wanimi, California. And it wasn't within, the, it was like six months, maybe tops. I, I got assigned to my battalion and they said, we're going to Iraq where we've gotten deployed. Wow. And so now I'm going back to California to get ready to mobilize to Iraq. And then by 2007, I, I find myself in, in the sandbox as we call it during operation Iraqi freedom. And I'm, and I'm thinking how, in the world did I get here yeah. <laughs> because now um, I am I'm fighting for the very freedom that I took for granted yeah just a couple of years ago so and, what uh, what what did that do for you I mean other than keep you out of jail uh, and, and where was God there in all this it made me very angry with myself mm. um, I entered into a season of just uh, I really wasn't close to God in all of this. God, God was there next to me the whole time. <laughs> God was always with me yes. is what he, what he revealed to me. Mm-hmm. But I was just, I left him on the back burner and now I'm, I'm dealing with this guilt. I'm dealing with this shame of, um, you know, the, that comes with the consequences of what I've done. Mm-hmm. And, but I remember it was maybe halfway through my tour that, um, that, there was like a country artist that was going to be doing a concert for the troops and all my buddies wanted to, wanted to go and, and, and go to the concert. And I just felt the need and to go to the chapel because there was a Wednesday night service at the chapel. And so I just felt like I needed to go. And that night was the night that the chaplain decided to ask the entire congregation of 10 people, (laughs) maybe 12, including the chaplain, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big group of us. He just asked, does anybody have any experience playing guitar, leading worship, anything like that? And I remember, <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, you've got to be kidding. Me. <laughs> I'm all the way over. I'm all the way over here. And the Lord is just, you know, I, I didn't think of it as like the Lord pursuing me then, but I look back now. <laughs> Yeah. And I just see how much he was just pursuing me and he was just pulling me back to him. And I remember calling my dad. I've shared this testimony a lot on the road this year. And as I've been sharing this testimony on the road, I've been the one question that's been coming up in my mind is I wonder what the emotions, like the feelings that my dad had mm. in his heart whenever his prodigal son calls home and says dad there's an opportunity for me to lead worship there's an opportunity for me to serve the lord over here can you send me my guitar and so and whenever i got home just about a week ago like between legs of this tour that i'm currently on i got to sit down with my dad and i asked him that question because it's just been you know different sharing sharing my testimony it feels like the lord has been leading me through this garden and he, and, and through, you know, different places that I'm sharing stuff, he said, you see that weed right there, or you see this, let, let's tend to that, or let's uproot that. 
And so that was just something that just like popped up in my heart whenever I was sharing this over and over again. And so I got to ask my dad, dad, what was your, what was your thought? What, what went through your head whenever your prodigal son called, like this prodigal son that you've been praying for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he said, he said, I remember every day was felt like, like I would breathe in and just like, it was like holding my breath. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whenever you called and, I'm, I'm trying not to cry right now, bro. Um, he said, whenever you called, it was like, it was an exhale. It was like, oh, God has got him. Yeah. And that was really powerful. You can, do you have kids? No. I, I mean, I have two sons. Um, and what, what you're expressing that you'll probably really get one day if you do have kids, um, is is that that heart of a father who loves his son yeah and yeah we see that in your earthly father but your heavenly father too um yeah and so when when you started to come back to god i mean we know the we know the story of the prodigal son and that that unfortunately i think the enemy spins that with the shame of, of, don't forget, you're all sinners. You deserve the pig pen. It's a story of the father's heart. Yeah. What did, what did you experience and what have you experienced as you've come back to not just to your earthly father and his prayers for you, but your heavenly father, what, what, what kind of reception have you received? Um, a reception of kindness, like just, I mean, I, I, I think is one thing that I've learned because really, man, like the last three years have been like my, it's like this celebratory, you know, I'm like, I'm home now, even though I was raised in church my whole life. Yeah. Like it wasn't until 2020, just recently, whenever I actually started writing this record where I was like, man, I'm home. And like now it's like my homecoming has just been like, like just this welcoming with open arms type feeling, you know, and a a, a ring, a robe and a feast. Yeah. I mean, you, I'm sure you've seen the, the cover art of the record. Yeah. That is, I wanted to create this image of, man, what was, what was that emotion of the prodigal son. I know how I felt, yeah. you know? And so I wanted to, wanted to have this image that represented that robe. I mean, I'm wearing sandals in the, in the image too, but you just can't see <laughs> it. You know, what was, what was, what did the celebration sound like? What did, what did the, what did the party sound like? You know? And I don't know for me, you know, I, what I was saying earlier, I, I lost track of where I was going, but I believe that, Every prodigal is going to believe a lie that the enemy is telling them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that lie that the enemy is telling them is, you're not worthy. Right. And when you go back, he is not going to accept you. Mm-hmm. You've gone too far, mm-hmm. and there's there's no reason to go back. So the only option you have is to sit here with the pigs. And you know what's interesting about that is it's partially true. Because on our own, we're not worthy. 
and and on our own yeah. we do deserve we deserve you know what we get uh a, a good judge will look at you and go yeah you deserve jail you know um but that's the that man that's the gospel right there in the nutshell is is I don't get what I deserve, <laughs> you know, and, and what you trade, well, you know, you, you traded jail time for the Navy and we, we could argue about that, but spiritually we trade death for life, you know, and, and it's, it's been said that Christianity is not about, about making bad people good. And that's a byproduct. It's about making dead people alive. Yeah. And that's what you're, that's, that's, that's you, man. That's what you're living. Yeah, I'm living in that right now. And I mean, there was no other option for me to, uh, you know, as far as like releasing music, it's like, this is, this is the story. Like, you know, in 2020, God showed me that full circle story. And I just wanted to write an album that kind of painted that picture. All right. So let's talk about the, the, the album, but let's talk about what you're writing. I, I want to hear when you sit down, cause I know for, for someone where music is their expression. I mean, that that's, it's not just art. It's not just worship. I mean, it's a, it's an expression of what you're going through, who you are. What, what are you expressing through made new, that new album? Um, it's my heart to reach the prodigals with this record. And so I really want to, if I can express, um, what I've went through and where I'm currently at in a way that directs the prodigals to back home. Mm. That is my overall goal. Um, and there might be some people listening to this music. Like I am, a, I'm a pro I was a prodigal and I've come back home. Like, well, stay home mm. because there's a lot of people that, that will, um, be in ministry for a long time or be going to church for a long time and just fall into this, like me, like I did, you know, I fell into this pit of complacency where I just, I was putting on the mask and I was going through the motions and checking the boxes. And, you know, so like for me, like expressing how I felt and that was hard. It was hard to like tap into that, how I felt then, you know, you know like being in the, the, um, being in the season where I'm at the party, where I'm, I, I'm at the homecoming, you know, and like trying to tap into that emotion and that, that expression of like, okay, whenever I was down with the pigs, like, what did that feel like? <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, so it's, um, Robert Morris preaching service talking about, uh, dealing with pride actually, but he, he was pointing out how, we lose our insecurities when we know who we are in Christ. You know, we're, we're a child of the King, but we avoid pride when we remember where we came from, you know, and, and, and there is that, there is that tension, that balance that, that we live in. Uh, and, and, and I think that's, that's a healthy place to live. But when you, when you, you know, you talked about shame, you talked about anger and, and how that's not who you are now. You've, Again, as the title of the album says, you've been made new. Tell yeah. me about the new. Who who is Justin Gambino today? Justin. One th one thing that popped up in my head the other day, I was sharing this with a friend. 
speaking from like uh, as an artist perspective in the music industry, especially independent artists, I've been told a lot that I need to have a thick skin for this industry. <laughs> yeah. Be prepared for rejection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the Lord's like, Justin, I don't want you to grow this thick skin so much to where you have a calloused heart, mm. where it, 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 it prevents me from getting to your heart. So I think who Justin is today, um, I, I, I still struggle with this, but like, man, I'm just such a, I'm a little bit slower now. Um, I respond to things slower because I feel like before I had this full circle moment before I wrote this record and, and released this record that like Justin was really good at reacting <laughs> rather than responding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's maturity. And, um, yeah. What's that? That's maturity. And that's you know, just maturity. And one, yeah. yeah. And one, one thing that I've been doing, um, like this, this sheetrock that you see behind me on the walls, this electric pool over here, these cabinets behind me, like I've been going, uh, my wife and I have been renovating our home, but I've been, I've been taking on the projects whenever I'm not on the road. And so, you know, whenever there's a season where I'm not on the road, I'm tearing out sheetrock and I'm, I'm redoing stuff. And, and in the, even in all that little stuff, the Lord's like, can I do this to you? Mm -hmm. can, I, can I renovate and clean out what needs to be cleaned out mm -hmm. and, and make everything new again? And man, there's been times whenever, whenever I've like, I've literally been swinging the hammer and I, and I walk across my front porch with a tool belt on and I just hit my knees. And I just start weeping because I just feel the presence of God. And I, and he's just like, and all he wants to do is just like, Hey, I see you and I'm, I'm right here with you, spending time with you and I love you. It could just be something simple like that. And I, I'm just like on the front porch, just like, I'm just wrecked because, you know, I'm, I'm just like, man, you know, so for me, it's, it's a lot more time of um, devotion, a lot more time of just conversating with my father. Um, can I take? Can I just tell you that's what he wants more than a, a big album deal? Yeah, yeah. Just time with me. Yeah. People think I'm people think I'm crazy when they ask me. They say, "Okay, so as an artist, like, who who do you listen to? Like, what? Whenever you're on tour, what do you listen to in your van? I don't listen to anything. <laughs> it, I don't. I don't. It could be. I remember driving, um, the, I think the longest stint on this tour was about a thousand miles, no podcasts, no music, just me and the Lord, man. Mm. And what, for me, I never used to do that. I used to always like listen to music and fill my head and my heart with all these things. And then I'd find myself frustrated in between like tour stops. And then when I get to the next stop, I don't. I'm not prepared to like just deal with people. Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, so like I think the Justin now is just like just a little bit slower, um, but in a good way. 
yeah. you know, and just like, just, man, I just want to spend time with my father. That's it. Um, and if, and if I can do that, then how I respond to things and how I go about my day, it's just, he's just going to set it up for success. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that is, dude, you're just living out a profound truth. And, and that is, that is, if you, if you just keep, you know, the, the vertical relationship, right. The horizontal will take care of itself, you know? Um, and even when it seems to be messed up, you, you're okay because you're anchored, you know? Um, that's just, that's just biblical truth working itself out in your life. And yeah, that's a beautiful yeah. thing. Beautiful thing. All right. I'm going to show people the website. This is justingambino.com. Uh, and it's got some nice imagery there to back up the new album. And honestly, uh, you, you've, you've made it to the end of this interview. Um, you're going to want to go check out the music if you're not already familiar with it. And, and by the way, if someone's got an event, like they got something going on at their church, something on in their town, uh, they can contact you through the website and uh, bring you out there, can't they? They can. Yeah. You got you got a little room on your calendar, or are you too busy? I'm not too busy. Um, let's see. I got a little bit of room in November. Um, this month is pretty stacked. Um, I got a lot of stuff in between now and the 27th, which the 27th is uh, my big homecoming show uh, at the end of this tour. And that's going to be um, down in Lake Jackson, Texas. And so, and then I'm already booking for the, the spring. Nice. So I, I really think the made new tour is going to, because I hit the road like 30 days before this record released, which was kind of different. It was just, I really wanted to get out there and see how, how people responded to these songs and stories, just me and my guitar. And, um, and, and, and man, it's just, I've been hearing these amazing stories and how the music has been speaking to people and how God's been using the music in people's lives. And that's just been really, uh, it's just been confirmation that he has me right where he wants me. Yep. I love it. I love it. Uh, it don't, don't ever move from there. Don't, don't let the, I mean, I'm not down on record contracts. I, I love the big concerts. Um, you know, the successful worship leaders and Christian bands, that, that's all great. As long as you don't ever move away from that in your personal life where God's got you right now, then yeah. you'll be good. Appreciate yeah. you. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate all you guys out there watching. Hit that share button. If you haven't liked or followed, do that. That way you can subscribe and get notifications of um, great testimonies like this, what God's doing in people's lives, because that's what he wants. He just wants he wants you to know him, him to know you. And then you'll be made. We appreciate you guys being here. Come back again. We'll see you tomorrow on Life Today Live.